2: so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: When you shop at a Walmart Vision Center, you get it. You know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family. Welcome to the Vision Center. Let me know if you need help finding the perfect frame. Hey mom, you were right. These glasses are cool. Cool.
3: They take our insurance. That means Papa's getting a new pair, too.
1: Whoa, classes start at just $39. Next stop groceries. So you can get a little more of what you need. Find a vision center near you. Save money, live better. Walmart.
2: And welcome back to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Coleman Joining me right now is Emilio Donnell and Craig Coben. And of course, also with us is Max Cohen. In this episode, we are going to focus on Fulham's victory against Stoke City. And we have a lot to talk about in this show. But before I do anything else, Craig, it's been a long time. I'm going to welcome you back to the show. Craig, how are you doing? I'm doing great,
3: Russ. Really glad to be back in the UK and back at the
0: cottage. Okay, excellent. Emilio, how you doing, my friend? Very good. You know, very good. Great, good to see Craig back on. It's been a while since we did. We met up about eighteen months ago, from not. I think it was beginning of last year. I think it was before COVID struck. It's good to obviously be on the show with Max as always. And yeah, it's like I said last week. It's always good when we dominate, we win comfortably, and we talk. You know. We were reflecting all the positives for a change. And so it's good to be on tonight.
4: Okay, excellent. Max, how are you doing, my friend? Yeah, great. It's a fantastic four here with us tonight. So uh, honored to be among them. Um, and yeah, another Fulham win, four in a row. Mm-hmm. Clean sheet, 3 no win, mm-hmm. top of the league. Couldn't be much better uh, end oh. of August. Okay, excellent. All right.
2: Let me start with you, Max. I'm going to ask you, ask you right from the, just to get your opening thoughts. We, we, we do this on the show now. <laughs> Mad Max or Optimist Max? Get us started here.
4: Yeah, I have to be optimistic. I think the Marco Silva revolution is continuing. We're playing attacking football. The first goal against Stoke was just the encapsulation of, of everything I love about Silva ball, which is quick passing, yeah. one and two touch. It's not, it's not hoofing it, but it's getting the ball to pitch quickly and scoring goals. And what I loved about Saturday was the front three of Wilson, Deca de Verdied, and Mitrovic combining fantastically. They all scored, they all essentially assisted their others goals and they seem to have the understanding. You know, Wilson slotted right back in after a suspension and I think they can all score at least 15-20 goals apiece this season. And that's what's so exciting about this team.
0: Okay, excellent. Over to you, Amilo, your opening thoughts. Yeah, you know, dominant victory. You know, dominated from start to finish, you know, Stoke were on a good run of form. You know, we we put the, we we kicked them into touch. You know, and to be honest, at the times, you know, we, the, the way we were playing was was delightful. You know, it was just nice one touch movement, players looking fit, looking hungry. The, the camaraderie between them, you can see there was definitely a good camaraderie between the players. You know, that we haven't had that for a couple of seasons now. And you can just see just the gender body language. I know victories give you that positive energy, that positive body language, but you can clearly see Mitrovic really want, you know, signing an extension to his contract. You, you know, you, you know, one of the best players on the pitch on Saturday. You know, you can just see the difference here. You know, what a manager, different style gives the players more belief. And look, suddenly now we're we're riding high. I know it's early days yet, but you know, we've got nothing to complain about at the moment. We are. I am a happy Amelia. I'm not an angry one, but maybe angry about the penalty miss again. Is that? Well, sort well your, we can uh,
2: talk about and, that.
0: Sort your bloody penalties, for them. You know, I don't know who's going to be our natural penalty taker, but other than yeah. that. What else have we got to complain about you know I thought the keeper <laughs> is always the one where we've been a little bit apprehensive of the first few games but this was his best game for the club as well since I've seen him play so overall nothing to be complaining about it's you know a great victory and we move on to the, to Blackpool away in a couple of weeks okay
2: let me go back to before I go to craig because um uh, i was a little bit impressed with stoke city and i again i think our quality as a, as i put in the uh, show name, I, I think, played out in the end. We have more quality than them. But they came to Craven Cottage not to just to get a result but to win. So I want to give the uh, the manager credit. I want to give the players credit. We were just the better side, Emilio. But they took it to us when they had yeah. the opportunity. They, they put a lot of crosses in the box. Yeah. And, you know, a, a, again, it's not like there were a ton of nervy moments, but they played
0: with no fear when they came to Craven Cottage. Yeah, I think when we obviously we got that early breakthrough, I think that makes a massive difference. We were able to relax and re, you know compose ourselves a lot more. But that's when Stoke came into it. Obviously, they start they went on the they started becoming more offensive as well. As soon as we scored a gone. there was a period of time where you know they caused a few problems to our defense. I think we we cope with it pretty well. But overall, there was a few nervy moments, shall I? Shall we say? But, yep. you know they try, they tried their best, but that's the best we're going to face him week in week out. Then. You know, then this division is there for the take, to be honest. But we will have harder games, and stroke, you know, probably finish top eight based on that. You know, on that yep. uh, they've got a good manager there, good style of football, and you know, they did take the game to us, especially when we went a goal up early on. But overall, they had they their be- best they can do was was to hack some up, doing Stephanie Johansson, you know, fouls, to be honest. That's the best <laughs> they can do. Otherwise, yeah. we would have should have scored five or six, in my opinion.
2: Okay, excellent. Just want to share a couple of comments. This is from. Foam legend Rob Wilson, we were way better than them. So mm-hmm. I, Rob, I do agree with you, and I have to share this because Giannis just can't help himself. <laughs> bring back. He just can't. Every show he has to mention <laughs> Florida Ayite at least once. It's Gosh. just, it's just, it's just what Giannis does. All right, Craig, over to you. It's, listen, it's got to be good to be back in London. You got a chance to go see foam. I'm curious. It's been a while since, since you've been back at the Cottage, just your overall thoughts about being back there and then uh, just your thoughts about the match in general. Do you agree with me that Stoke City came to play and we, we just showed our quality?
3: It's the first time I've been back at the Cottage since the Liverpool game in December of uh, last year when I was one of the lucky 2,000 people allowed into the stadium. Uh, it was a dominant performance both tactically and technically – Um, And if anything, it reminded me a bit of the season from 2000 to 2001 when we were was then called Division One, the equivalent of the the championship. And Luis Buamorte, who is now uh, (laughs) one of the assistants to to Marco Silva, was uh, on loan to Fulham and and a key part of the team that just swept away the division. It really was that dominant of a performance. Did Stoke City come to play? Well, after five minutes. Um, They had to play because we scored very quickly. And I thought actually it was a relatively soft goal in the sense we will talk about it later, but I thought that Harry Wilson had way too much space to build up the play. Um, And I was a bit surprised that he had had that much space. Um, It did force Stoke city to come at us. They tried to press us, but I don't think they were particularly effective in doing so. Um, And overall our, our quality prevailed. So, Look, it was an exciting game to watch. It was really gratifying. It did feel a little bit like the Tiganai era, um, wow. which maybe Emilio will remember and, and some of. Well, you I'm going to ask Emilio after, after that if well.
0: he agrees with that. How about your thoughts, Emilio? Do you agree with Craig on that? Yeah, we're starting to see evidence of that. You know, I remember from that from that era 20 years ago, where you know we had Hales, Saha, Boamorte, Malbranck. You know, we had some quality players coming forward and. You know, we you know, to your point, Max, you know, many, many, those players all went in double figure scoring and the amount of assists that we created as well. Saha scored what over thirty goals, I think it was. Bo Morton, yeah. Barry Hells were also in double figures. So that team were lethal and dominant dominated that division. We didn't lose until I think it was the end of October, was it? Preston we lost to Preston North and I think was the first in, loss. And that was end that October, weekend. wasn't it? I think yeah. I remember. So again, you set you sense a similar type of ethic here, you know, you know, good defensive players defensively look reassured, but you know, the way the team is playing, I said at the beginning of the season I think if we could win 4-3, 3, three two, I'm okay with that, but we're keeping clean sheets now and we're scoring goals it's it's looking pretty formidable albeit it's only five games in, so let's just take it one step at a time, I know Gordon, if you're watching, you know you, you know what I'm like I I'm tend to be a quite more pragmatic and I'm not going to get carried away, but overall it's, we've got nothing to complain about, this team is dominant but let's worry about Blackpool in two weeks time, that's next game the the other observation I would make is that our football is a lot less predictable than it has
3: yeah. been in the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, we we we, we were a, a you know short passing team, often very conservative in in the way we kept possession. Um, and uh, under Marco Silva, now we're much less predictable. We'll play the long ball, we'll play the short ball, we'll play triangles. Yeah. We mix it up a lot more. And uh, I do think that uh, Stoke City struggled to cope with. The variety uh, of our play.
2: Okay, excellent stuff. All right, um, I'm just going to share this comment because again, I, I, I just have a little scratch I have to. Itch. I've actually tweeted about this, and Benjamin Bird actually commented on this. Again, this has nothing to do with the match. I, I just want to mention this because there were, mm-hmm. there, there's been some talk about AEW coming to Craven Cottage, and again, this is going off topic. And then we'll we'll mm-hmm. focus on the match. Trust <laughs> me. And uh, Benjamin Burns said, foam flying high. And Tony Khan talked about wrestling at the cottage. Why can't he enjoy the moment? And I think that he can enjoy the moment, but he obviously, AEW is something that's very important to him. I just want to mention this real quick, guys. I want to get your thoughts. Here in America, I've seen this happen too many times. I don't want to see AEW come to Craven Cottage because I don't want it to ruin the pitch. I've seen it happen here several times. And I know it's just a, an off topic discussion, but I saw the comment, Emilio, uh, you know, and again, I've actually tweeted out, I would rather see Tony have AEW go to QPR or go to Brentford and, and ruin their pitches, you know, <laughs> go ahead and do that. What, what are your thoughts about that? You know, and again, I just want to talk about this
0: briefly. Yeah, at the end of the day, I'll, yeah. Look, he's he's got a successful business in America. The wrestling is doing doing well, and then clearly, he he probably obviously wants to jump on the bandwagon if Fulham are doing well. But let's give, yeah. let's give him credit. Of some of the acquisitions we've made. No, I funny. agree. You know, he's got. You know, where's where's the praise for Tony Khan and the and the board for choosing Marco Silva and making some discreet signings this summer? You know, with only several weeks' notice, it was it was being vilified. Taking too long to replace Scott Parker to deal with Scott Parker, but now looks two months on. Look where we are, flying high in the league, yep. unbeaten. I don't see much praise towards Tony Khan on the board there, so I'm, I'm cutting him a bit of slack here, to be honest. But in okay. the, the day, he's got a successful product. He's going to want to use Craven College, good location, good ground. Don't be surprised if he if he, his his uh he will he will achieve his goal here. I think. Don't yep. be surprised. Wrestling will, will take oh, place. I- Recorded. He will do his utmost to protect the pitch. Let's be let's let's be clear. I hope so. He's I hope gonna, so. That's not going to impact Fulham's chances. Okay. In this division, so he will take every measure possible to protect that 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 pitch. So if he wants to take wrestling to Fulham and you know enjoy his moment, he's, he's enjoying his moment clearly with Fulham, <laughs> and he should get some praise for for bringing in silver and some discreet signings this summer.
2: Listen, I agree with that, and uh, it's it's almost taboo to to say something positive about Tony, yeah. but. We're
0: going to be fair here, and we have
2: to be fair, and I'll say it again anyone that doesn't know this. I actually said that I wanted Tony to step aside and have someone else be director of football because of what happened last season. I thought it was all building up to that. But on the flip side, I'm looking at the evidence of of, uh, the players that have been brought in, the players that have been kept so far. We saw the transfer window and the results that we've seen so far. And he does deserve credit for what has been going on so far this season. If we're going to be fair, you know, we can criticize, but we also have to be fair on that end too. Craig, over to you. You know, and again, like I said, a little side topic. I don't want to talk too much about the wrestling at Craven College, but I happened to see it today. And I I thought, you know what, I'm just going to mention that. But also, I think it's fair to talk about the positives and negatives for Tony. He deserved all the criticism that he got, but let's now be fair on the other side. This team he's built so far, and he, and he does have a part of it, and, and Marco Silva does as well, Luis, Bo Morte, the board, everyone has a part of it, but you got to give credit where credit's due right now for the team that's been built, Craig. Look, I'm not
3: uh, groundskeeper Willie, so I can't judge how, how much damage <laughs> uh, professional wrestling would do to the Craven Cottage grass. <laughs> Uh, and, and Russ, you know, you and I grew up at a time when Bruno San Martino was yes. the champion yes. of, uh, of uh, professional wrestling. I remember um, it. Yep. And so I haven't really followed the latest uh, <laughs> since then. Um, <sighs> I think there was Chief Chase Strongbow. Oh, wow. Well, you're going way back. Okay. Calhoun, so where I'm hating yep. myself. Look, I, I do think there is a little bit of an issue that, um, you know, th- the seriousness with which the club is run. I, I, sometimes it gives, you know, I think sometimes Tony Khan gives an impression of frivolity, the way he interacts Mm -hmm. with fans on social media, the way in which he has uh, other pursuits. Um, We have had, now I don't know whether we can lay at his door, the two relegations that we've experienced uh, uh, as, as he is during his tenure as director of football, But it does seem to be at times a lack of professionalism in in that seat, and um, that remains the case. I don't know how much say he has had in any signing, um, or whether he is just the front man, and there are other people behind the scenes who have been doing it, both the good signings and the bad signings. We don't have that information. Right. But I do think, you know, I think probably it was one of the frustrations that Parker and probably some of the players had last season um, was that a little bit of the lack of decorum and the lack of professionalism. You know, I, I, don't, I don't want to begrudge Tony Khan uh, and his AEW venture. Whether it really belongs at Craven Cottage, you know, is it, beside the point.
2: Okay. Okay. And I'm one, Max, over to you, you know, and again, I don't want to spend too much time talking about this. As we talk about this subject, you know, and Tony's name comes up, it, you know, and again, it's a polarizing topic whenever you bring up Tony. And I've been critical of him. And I'm glad that Amelia mentioned, you know, we have to be fair on both sides. But as Craig said, we truly don't know who's responsible positively and negatively f- for the signings. He is the director of football. So ultimately, you could say his name's on it, but there are other people involved as well. And, uh, you know, the reason why I brought this up is because of, you know, I saw what happened here at Fenway Park during some concerts and and it ruined the field that my park and I did not want to see that happen at Craven Cars. That's what got me thinking about this, but you know, something else that Craig said when it comes to Tony, you know, I just, and I'll say it up for, for the hundredth time, stop tweeting, even positively. Just get off Twitter. You know, that's just my thing. You, you know how I feel about that. <laughs> Anyways, I want to get your thoughts on all this then we're, we're going to move on.
4: Yeah. I think what's been said is, is pretty accurate. There seems to have been some lessons learned this summer. You know, Harry Wilson, I think I pointed that transfer as the perfect transfer for a team who wants to stay in the Premier League once they get there. It's a permanent transfer of a top quality player. And that's exactly what we needed the extension of Mitrovic. Yep. I think Tony Khan, it's fair to say, has a good personal connection with Mitro. And that probably played a large part. The appointment of Marco Silva, I think, is more to do with Shahid Khan, because I think that's more of his purview as appointing managers. But I think Tony probably played a role too. It hasn't been a terrible summer in terms of the actual business he's done. Right. And the results on the pitch are fantastic. So, of course, we're going to have less negative things to say. I actually hadn't been following the comments about the AEW on the pitch. I hope it doesn't (laughs) happen. But maybe, you know, what Craig referred to, like the unprofessionalism of the position. That's just the point. Even if it was in jest, you know, the fact that fans are being concerned about it shows just a lack of decorum, lack of common sense. But you know, I've I've been here criticizing Tony Khan. I don't have much to say in criticism right now. I'm pleased with how it's going. And yeah, he's because you call it you call it as you as you see it, Max. That's what we all do here. You
2: know, you know, we're fair. You know, I think we're all fair here. That you know, when there's praise to be done. But again, like I've already seen comments. You know, I think we have to give Silva a lot of credit too. But again, who really knows who ultimately is making that decision? Is it a group decision? All we know is that. Harry Wilson coming and the players that are, that are here, you know, th- there are a lot of people involved that uh, that have a say in it and, and and that are involved in it. So anyways, um, any final thoughts before we move on from that, Max?
4: Yeah, I think we're still seeing some of the failures of past transfer windows haunting us. You know, we still have Angisa on the books, and we're going to sell him, it looks like, for around, you know, 20 million pounds yep. in that region. We're going to lose that amount of money on him. We're not going to recoup any of the that that 35 million we spent on him we have seri who again was supposed to be uh, a great player for us in the premier league only really featuring as a above average championship player we still have knockart on the books you know we sold kamara i think for a loss uh cavalier you know he's been playing better but again we spent you know in the region of 10 to 15 million pounds on him still some remnants of the kind of failed transfer policies in the squad so just because this summer has been good doesn't mean that the past failures are suddenly Mm. wiped clear Okay, excellent. All right. Craig, over to you. And uh,
2: I've done this on several shows with you. Turning point of the match. Where do you see this match turn? and And, again, there could be several places, but where do you see where Fulham really got hold of this match? Was it the first goal? Was it the second goal at the beginning of the second half where they really turned the screws on? Or, ultimately, was it that third goal? Or was it somewhere in between? Where do you see the turning point of the match for you?
3: I think it was the first goal, and almost after Fulham scored the first goal, it felt to me that the outcome was in serious doubt, okay. even though it took some time for Fulham to score the second goal. Um, the, it was scored fairly easily. I think Robinson picks out Wilson, who links up with uh, Decker reed crosses it to Mitrovic, who had a lot of space for a beautiful touchback to, to Wilson to score the goal. Um, it was actually, a real, I think, a relatively soft and easy goal. looked great, but the players had quite a lot of space. And at that juncture, Stoke then had to come out and play. I mean, they had set themselves up in a 3 you know, 2 Stoke, probably to, to shut down Fulham. And um, you know, all of a sudden, they would now have to come out and play. And that left, uh, that left a lot of space open for Fulham for the rest of the match. That, for me, was the turning point.
2: Okay. How about you, Max? Do you agree with Craig or do you point somewhere else in the match?
4: No, it has to be five minutes in. We haven't been behind all season. It's a Mm -hmm. remarkable stat. Yeah. Um, And I think we've only been, you know, conceded the goal in the Borough match when it was level, you know, like we we haven't faced any real opposition, which is remarkable. And that goes to show it's the early goals and the early pressure we're putting on teams, which is our success. You know, I tweeted this um, in the match. I think we scored four goals within the first 10 minutes across this season and that's kind of unthinkable to remember where we were under Parker where it would often come late and the first half would almost be wasted just kind of feeling out the other team getting to grips of the match whereas under Silva we're starting the front foot and getting those early goals and once we go ahead there's no looking back so right. it was that Wilson goal which I think sealed it because that doesn't look like teams are going to get back in the match against us
2: Okay, excellent. How about you, Amelia? Do you agree with the guys, or do you point to something else? You know, this was very early on in the match; it set the tone.
4: Yeah, if anything, it's
0: the turning point of the match is when the referee blew the whistle to start the game. We were literally <laughs> on the front foot straight from the off. To be honest, it was only a matter of time before we scored that goal. You know, okay. Robinson had a lot of space. You know, he's getting better and better game after you know, game by game. We just thought that. Mitrovic, hungry, in the thick of it. You know, all the players attacking in numbers. For me, as soon as the referee blew the, blew the whistle to start the game, that was it. Fulham on the front foot. It was only going to be a matter of time before we scored an early goal. So, yeah, yeah, clearly getting that first goal, you know, ner- you know eased the nerves. I think there's always a little bit of apprehension. You know, I was messaging a few people at half-time thinking, well, so much dominance, yet you're only one goal ahead. Anything could happen. So second half, I was a little bit anxious going into that second half. We didn't want to repeat a Middlesbrough again. You know, these guys right. coming and nicking a point, you know, having done very little in the game and you know, again, that second goal, probably I'll probably say more that's either the, you know, the, the whistle being blown at the beginning of the game was a turning point or telling it is that second goal that just, re- that reassured us. And then to be honest, the floodgates could have opened and we should have scored more than the three that we did, but overall it's either the second goal or the whistle being blown right at the front at the start of the game. Wow.
2: I like that. Amelia. that's very good. Okay, guys, let's now talk about something that I actually watched after the, the match ends. On the live stream, Sean Davis, Gentleman Jim, and Jamie were having an interview with Harry Wilson, which was great. But Sean Davis said something very interesting that now I want to focus on because it actually gets backed up by comments from the phone manager, Marco Silva, because we always focus on the play with the ball. Well, how about the play without the ball? So John Davis stated that Fabio Carvalho, even though I spell Carvalho, Ron, there's a good Goldman for you, took Joel Allen out of the match. So I just want to start there because now I want to just share these comments. These are quotes from Marco Silva. And then, Craig, I'm going to go to you because I want to talk to you specifically about your thoughts about these comments in general because they talk about Stoke, but they also talk about Fabio. These are from our manager, Marco Silva, quote, I said to you before the match, we will play against a very good side with very good ideas, but a team working hard like we did with a good organization like we had can block their game. They are a good side with good players, and they can create the spaces in the opposition if you're not in a good shape and if you don't work hard without the ball, and we did that. A good example was the work that Fabio did today without the ball. He did fantastic work, and I have to give congratulations to all of them, unquote. Okay, Craig, that now goes to talking about Fabio and basically in general talking about Fulham's play without the ball. I want to get your thoughts about what Sean Davis said and then, of course, what the manager said. And what did you see?
3: Look, Fulham created a lot of space for themselves, and you create space by by constant movement, including – movement away from the ball. We talked about the first goal in the space that Harry Wilson had to pick up the pass from Robinson. And he picked up the pass precisely where you would have expected Joe Allen or Klukas number seven to be to be covering. And he had acres of space, which means that both players were drawn out of position. I think one thing we saw throughout the game were attacks down the left side, stretching out the right center back Ostegaard for Um, for Stoke City, as well as the right winger Smith, they were, you know, every time Fulham had the ball, they would look to attack that area, which Mm -hmm. is something you try to do when someone's playing a three, you know, three in the back or three, five, two, is you try to stretch them. And Fulham were very effective in doing that and creating space and over and over again, you know, that movement meant that, um, you know, we had ample opportunities throughout the match.
2: Okay. Excellent. Over to you, Emilio. What are your thoughts about the comments that I shared, what Sean Davis said, and, of course, what Craig just shared there?
0: No, it's, it's true. I agree with everything that Craig said. It didn't quite hit me until I saw the comments about Fabio as well because, ultimately, we always judge him on his offensive performances. That's you know, why I wanted get, to bring this up. You know, you know admittedly, in the first half, you know, I was talking to some of the colleagues around me saying we haven't seen much of him offensively, but you don't, you don't psychologically think right. of Fabio playing that more – defensive type role and again he probably you know looking back at some of, at some of the match and replay I you know I looked at that analyzed, and clearly he did take Jeff Allen out of the game so it's you know it wasn't clear by watching against all when we were attacking in numbers we're always looking at how delightful we are coming forward and the nice movement that we have we don't necessarily give the players credit for all the hard work they do defensively and taking out some of their plays so yeah it's a great observation and it wasn't obvious to me on the pitch you know as a fan watching the game on Saturday but it's but again, he, you know, Fabio had a good game. One thing I also want to call out is he was disappointed when he got substituted. I don't know if you saw that. Yes. I, his body language was quite down. He didn't applaud the fans. I thought, okay, oh, so, yeah. you know, he, he seemed disappointed to be substituted. Again, there's a young lad, hungry. So he wants to play ninety minutes. He wants to play, you know, be part of the you know final whistle and, and celebrate with the players on the pitch. But clearly, he looked a little bit, a little bit disappointed when he got substituted. That was my that was my reaction when I saw him coming off the pitch, head down, not applauding the fans. Craig, did Not you notice that as well?
4: That.
0: I don't know if we should be worried about that. I don't know where where its what his contractual situation is, but just like just just an observation, I saw when he came off the pitch, he wasn't two what was it two nil up? I think we were two 0 or even three 0 up. Yet I didn't see joy there in his, in his body language. It was more disgruntled, and maybe that's because he wanted to play the whole ninety minutes. That's probably that's but hopefully something more than that. Craig,
2: your thoughts?
3: I I I didn't see it. Bear in mind when the players are substituted, they're walking towards. Uh, an empty stand. Mm. Right? It's the, it's the Riverside stand, which is, yes. you know, in cons- under construction. And so you don't have the natural effect of clapping to the fans because you don't have the fans near mm. you. Um, so I, I didn't notice it.
2: Okay. Over to, over to you, Max, your thoughts on all this, because again, it's easy for us to focus on players going forward and all the work that they do to create the opportunities. But, it's also what they do without the ball that's important. And I just found this fascinating when I was watching the end and to hear this commentary about Fabio, because during the match, I don't know if you heard Gentleman Jim saying that, again, I'll paraphrase a little bit, that he thought he was a little quiet. But that was going forward. But there, maybe because there was so much concentration on the other part of his job yeah. on Saturday. Your thoughts?
4: Yeah, I think that's that's credit to Silva for recognizing that yes. Cavalio has a tactical you know, aptitude to not only be a creative player going forward, but to help out. Exactly. So, I, don't, yeah, I honestly didn't notice much of him in terms of defensive standpoint, but when you bring up the fact that Joe Allen, you know, well, how, how did often Wales did you see Joe Allen? Yeah, in I, match. I didn't even know he's playing, you know, of course he, yeah. he shaved his beard and his long hair. So he looked a bit different, <laughs> but he was anonymous. Same really goes for Klukas. Yes. Most you know, effective players for Stoke or the wing backs, Tommy Smith.
2: And, and then one, one, one of the others. center
4: backs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think that really says it all about how well we played, but I do think it has to say about the quality of the championship. You know, Stoke were level with us on 10 points at the start of the match. <laughs> you, you know, one of the best teams in the division up to when we played them. Right. And yeah, they're all right, but we're just head and shoulders above them in terms of how we controlled the match, the quality of our players. This championship feels different than past campaigns we've been in. When at the stage of the season. Of course, you we weren't top of the league and we were having a really hard time of it, but it almost seems I don't want to say a weaker division this year because I don't want to tempt fate, but right. you don't really have the big names. You have West Brom in there, and you have, you know, Bournemouth might be all right. I don't see a lot of teams who can challenge us for automatic promotion. You know, in the past we've had the likes of Leeds who have been head and shoulders above us. Um, you know, we were championship when Burnley were really dominant. Yep. I don't see an equivalent team other than maybe West Brom this year. Okay. I'm now okay, look, great. sorry,
0: just said uh, Ross, I was seeing a comment from Rick Kay. He did a great interception. Nearly scored from a solo run. Yeah, that was one good offensive run. I don't know if you also saw when he tried. I don't know if he was he tried to lob the keeper in the second half. Did you see that? Crazy.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Bit ambitious there, but you know, give him his dues. We, we, we I think we'll turn it up at the time. But he, that's the confidence of a young lad. You know, trying to from from almost the halfway line, trying to lob the keeper.
4: Yeah, and then okay. Mitrovic was quite annoyed when. Carvalho didn't pass to him at the end of that yeah. long run, which is funny. Yeah. But they all seem to have a really good kind of banter amongst them. I saw after one of the goals, Carvalho, when Mitrovic missed and Deca every tapped in, Carvalho was giving him stick for not scoring and saying, <laughs> you know, I'm still a top scorer or whatever. <laughs>
2: okay, great stuff.
4: Great stuff, guys. All
2: right, let's start before the match began an hour before. Max, I'll give you the honors. Starting
4: 11, what were your thoughts? Yeah, so Wilson came in, uh, which I thought was a good call. Um and then you also had Decadova Reed play in the, his preferred winger position. And of course, we we haven't even mentioned Dennis Adoy. Yeah, no. Uh, played in 90 minutes, uh, which is great to see him back out there. Real service. Yeah, Denis <laughs> Adois, r- a real servant uh, of the club. So it's a really good feel-good factor. And then of course, Reem started after that really nasty fall against Hull. Thankfully, didn't look like he missed a trick at all. So good uh, news I all around. Totally yeah.
2: agree. Craig, over to you. I always like you saying Dennis Edouard. So uh, Denis I'm Odois. sure, he, I'm sure, sure you have some thoughts on the starting eleven. Um,
3: look, uh, I, it was you know a little bit. I think the key issue was is in the right back because we, we have injuries there, and so we did have to start Denis Edouard or Dennis Edouard, as you say. Um, and he actually had a, quite a good game. It was interesting that that our uh, midfield would be anchored you know, by Onoma and Seri. Um, uh, and, uh, I, you know, I thought that was quite a striking combination, but it, it appeared to work actually fairly well. And I yeah. Think, uh, I actually think they both had, had very, very solid games. Um, and that is one of the reasons why up front they were able to create so much and combine so well is because actually the two midfielders protecting the back four um, um, were, were so solid. Um, but, uh, no, I, I didn't really have any, I it didn't strike me as, as hugely surprising the, 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 the first 11, um, you know, it was forced a little bit by injuries, but other than that, I think it was more or less
2: what I had expected. Okay. We talked about this on, on a prior show, but I'll just go to you before I go to Emilio, the emergence of Surrey. Has this surprised you? And, how much do we give credit to Seri and how much do we give credit to Silva, to Balmorte, to the staff, to getting the most out of this player? Correct.
3: I think, I think Seri is a premiership player, he's a league on player, and he's now playing in the championship, and so he looks a lot better. Um, and I, I do think that the difference in quality makes a big difference in the way in which his, performance are, his performances are perceived. He was a good player for us in, in our first season in the Premiership, but sometimes he was outmatched, especially, I mean, most famously when he gave the ball away in the early minutes of the match, oh. the away match at Manchester City. And it showed a certain naivety. It went down he, from there. You know, the quickness of the players that Manchester City have. He's not playing at that level when he's playing against Stoke City in the championship.
2: Okay. Very good. All right. Over to you, Melio. Thoughts on the starting eleven.
0: Yeah, no surprises. I'm not surprised to see Wilson start in place of Cabana. I think you know, that, I think that was inevitable. You know, I'm su- you know, surprised to see Dennis start, but clearly, you know, we know how versatile he is, and you know, he did have a cracking game, and it's great to see him back. You know, his his energy, he, bring, he brings a lot of positive energy to the club. But you know, his final ball at times maybe lets him down, but clearly, you can't fault his commitment, his energy, his focus. It's just great to have him back on the pitch, and you know, you, you saw some of the photographs I sent you, Russ, as well. It's just, 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 just nice to see that sort of. Bit of you know it's just got it just it brings a lot of entertainment to the club and he's been a good servant for this club and he has played in multiple positions so I was I was glad to see him he, and the fact that he had a very good game you know pleases me. So I'm overall not massively surprised with that that starting level. but I was glad Max's point glad to see Tim Ream come back from injury and even Carvalho, you know we questioned Cavallo's injury from the weekend before last clearly yeah. he you know that didn't impact him either so no Tete not being around what for at least six to eight weeks we believe it's uh no, I think we've got, we've got enough, but that's not the most dangerous position. I think there's other positions I'd be more concerned about if we had an injury. I think, in, do we need to go and get a replacement? I'm not sure we do. It to be honest? I think I'd rather invest in other areas of the pitch if we need to rather than in that in that fullback position.
2: Okay, excellent. All right, coming up next, we're going to break down both halves and we're going to analyze them, and then we're going to end with man of the match. Okay. Craig, I'm going to start with you. Let's start from the beginning stages. You've already said that this is your turning point of the match. So let's talk about the goal in the fifth minute from Harry Wilson.
3: Sure. I mean, it it happened so quickly. Um, You know, Robinson passes it to Wilson, who finds himself Mm -hmm. between the lines. Wilson, Wilson, and immediately again, they always attack that left side of of Stoke. And he he feeds Decker Dover-Reed, who was able to get behind, uh, behind the Stoke City uh, defensive line and able to put in a cross for Mitrovic, who put on a lovely little touch for uh, Wilson to finish. Um, I looked, the goal looked beautiful. I do think it was a little bit of a soft goal. Yeah. Um, I think Stoke probably should have been a lot closer to the Fulham players, but um, it, it definitely set the tone and would have forced, I think more importantly, it forced Stoke to have to play pretty aggressively Uh, in order to claw back the disadvantage.
2: Okay, excellent. All right. Over to you, uh, Emilio. I'm just going to have you just give your overall analysis of the first half, and I'll do the same with Max. And we'll we'll just talk about it. Listen, Fulham kept creating opportunities in the 17th minute. You have an opportunity from Bobby DeCadova-Reed. 20th minute, a shot by Seri, And then uh, you have the opportunity where Fabio steals the ball, and the 32nd minute takes a shot. And yeah. then you have an opportunity, 39th minute from Mitro, and then you have Reem barely missing an opportunity off of yeah. that. And then you have a shot by Mitro in the 44th minute, and then right after that, you have Tosin's header that's safe. So yeah. they were creating opportunities, but they were not building on the lead.
0: So just give me your overall
2: analysis of the first half, and then I'll go to Max.
0: You're dominant, um, should have been more than a goal up, I think. Stoke keeper deserves some credit. We were calling out amongst ourselves the man of good goalkeepers that Stoke have produced over the years. I think, I think Peter Shilton was a Stoke keeper at one point. Gordon Banks, Butland, their keeper. I think you know that 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 save from Tosin my friend
2: Asmir Begovic.
0: Begovic, yeah, Begovic as well. You know, <laughs> to Tosin's save from Tosin was top class save. Yep. Again, from Seri, looking at say when he hugged the ball. You know, you knew he only had one thing on his mind and. I was willing for that ball to go in the bottom corner, but it was going in, that ball was going in the back of the net, and just Seri having the confidence to to take that ball on and go very direct, and it was going in the bottom corner. So overall, we should have been more than a goal up. I was concerned going in at half-time with all that dominance and all those opportunities, you know, maybe we'll get a sucker punch in the second half, you know. I was, you know, you know, Darlene Taylor was messaging offline in you know, a half time yeah. and she was saying the same thing there. It said, Don't worry, we will score two or three goals in the second half. And I said, Well, let me see them. Let me see first the goals. But should... <laughs> the nervousness is, you know, we've got to, you know, those easy chances, so to speak. And I, I think Tim Ream should have done better. Yeah. I think was it was Dennis Adoy who missed early on. There's another chance early on. I think it was Dennis who missed. And then, yeah. what seemed to be a reasonable, easy chance or something, you need to be, you know, get them more on target. But with all that dominance, we didn't deserve to only be one goal up. So Stoke were lucky going in half halftime, still in the game. Okay.
2: Max, do you agree with uh, Emilio on that? Because, you know, I just read, you know, a decent amount of opportunities there. And I'm going to say this in years past, I would have thought that Fulham would have, you know, really gotten hurt in the second half, that it led them to potentially it coming back to bite them. It didn't in this opportunity. How are you feeling? Going into halftime and just overall your analysis going, do you agree with Emilio that we're dominant, but we should have been up by more?
4: Yeah, I think that that was the tail of this match. 3-0, it could have easily been 5 or 6, considering Wilson hitting the post. Emilio messaged that exact sentiment to me. And we just did not look like we were giving up at all at the end of the first half. It wasn't as if the tide had switched and Mm -hmm. Stoke had gone back into it. It was just kind of wave after wave of full attack, which is refreshing to see. So I wasn't really bothered at all, considering how dominant we were. Okay,
2: excellent. All right, so Fulham going in the half up 1-0. And in the second half, it doesn't take too long. We're talking the 54th minute. Craig, I'm going to go to you. I don't know if you got a good view of the goal from Bobby Deca This is obviously a a follow-up from a Metro opportunity, but it's more than that. It's the build-up play. Thoughts on the second goal, which really put Fulham in command?
3: Well, it was at the opposite end of the pitch because unusually I was sitting in the Putney, and I'm no longer my season ticket because oh. I'm living in Hong Kong. So I had to uh, go with a friend who sits, unfortunately, in the Putney, and where I'm not always so familiar. Um, but what looked to me again was that Stoke weren't the shape, Stoke were a bit out of shape, out of their proper shape, because they were trying to press forward. Uh, there was a long ball. I think by Noma. I'm not sure to 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 Dekordova Reed, who then cut inside and gave it and fed Mitchovich whose shot was saved, and and Dekordova Reed scored on the rebound. Again, we were exploiting that left side, that sort of area where uh, I you know we we had identified clearly that Stoke were weak on was our left and their right side, so their right centre back and their right winger putting pressure on them, overloading that that side of the pitch and it, it resulted again in, um, in in a goal
2: okay excellent all right over to you Emilio let's talk about the third goal and again Mitro scores but this is a tap in. this is more to do with Bobby Deca Reed and the uh, situation with Harry Wilson at the time I thought Harry Wilson injured himself in fact you got a good picture of this yeah. And, and then it ended up being a tap and he did get up. Thankfully he did soldier on after that, but it, you know, nervy moments with him down on the pitch. Yeah. You know, I'm curious your view on that because Mitro scores and you know, and again, I'm watching and listening to this and I'm thinking, uh Oh, did we lose Harry Wilson? We didn't thankfully, but thoughts on the goal because this, you know, it was a tap in, but there's a lot more to it than Mitro
0: just scoring. Exactly, and I think let's be you know, talking about Mitro. You know, he was involved in all three goals. That's you know what we haven't said that that layoff for Wilson did get a lot of time on the first goal, like Craig says. But that that layoff by Mitro was sublime. You know, in fifth minute, you know, just give, let's give him credit there. Second goal, Mitrović maybe should have done better. Maybe Fabio was fair to say, call him out there. Maybe, maybe but again, Mitrović the way he cut in, cut in from the defender to give himself a chance to score on goal. And you know, yes, he, I think he should have buried that, but it clearly. You know, we, we were attacking in numbers, so clearly there's going to be a loose ball. We've got, we've got numbers there. It's not like Scott Parker, where you can count on you know, one person, if you're lucky, in, in the whole penalty area, let alone three or four players. And then the third goal, it was a good link-up play between um, Bobby, Deckard Reeds, I think it was, with Harry Wilson. I thought Wilson done well to get the ball back in. He he, he put himself in there. You know, again, I think he a short man against a big defender. I thought he actually done well to get, get the ball and laid in, into Mitrovic. And that's probably where he got the butt maybe of some injury. They all maybe got maybe a slight collision there. But give Wilson some credit because he actually got himself stuck in for the cause, 2-0 up. Not in not in we're well, not in any form of trouble, but he got himself stuck in there, laid the ball on Mitrovic, who, who, who did what he does best and just taps in from, from, from a few yards out. But overall, Mitrovic was involved in all three goals, to be honest. I'm thinking, you know, this is a player that you know he's, he's 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 obviously grateful for being given the extension, but he loves this club. And now we're playing to his strengths, you know. It's you know Scott Parker. Let's not talk about him, to be honest. You know they they drew 0-0 away against Hull City, predictably. Um, so look, we move on. And Mitrovic, if we get Mitrovic to play the way, are, the fact there's even Mitrovic three 0 up, and you're still trying to defend a three 0 lead and trying to protect that clean sheet again. I don't know if you saw that, Craig. You know, in, in the second half, Mitrovic was constantly coming back to defend when you're clearly you're three 0 up and having no reason to do so. So clearly. It's very important to, to protect that three goalie and get the clean sheet. So Mitrovic, you know, great game all around. But, yeah, he, I think Wilson deserves some credit there for really getting stuck yep. in and laying the ball over to him.
2: Absolutely. And I forgot to mention Harry Wilson hit the post too. Yeah. So there could have been another goal. Should have scored. Should have scored. And, yep. scored. and yep. Max, I'm going to give you the honors because at the very end of the match, very end of the match, <laughs> great pass to set up. The situation with Niskins Cabano, I believe mm. it was Anoma. I could be wrong. I think it was Josh Anoma, right? Set up. Niskin's Cabano gets taken down. Mitro comes up and they say it's a save, Max. What was going through your mind at the end of the match? And then all your overall analysis. But but the ending was uh, you know, it 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 took a little bit off of the victory. Just just a slight bit, a slight bit. Your your thoughts about what happened at the very end. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I had a weird feeling he'd actually miss just because I felt (laughs) it was a very casual sort of vibe to it. We're all at 3-0 and I thought, and he put it at a very poor height. It was a perfect height for the keeper. wasn't really in the corner. Uh, Yeah, very lax today's goal. When was the last time Mitra took a penalty? Was it the Sheffield United miss? I think it might've been. Oh, uh, wow. I didn't even think about that. That goes back a bit. Yeah. I think he needs to be off penalty duties, although that won't be an easy (laughs) conversation. I wouldn't want to have it with him. Uh, But to be fair, Anima, let's talk about Anima. He was excellent in terms of unlocking those through balls. He played Harry Wilson through when he hit the post and also put Cabano through. Mm -hmm. Love seeing Cabano race onto that on as a sub wants to prove a point, really impressive effort there. It was a shame we missed, but again, the expected goals tally i've seen this all over i, I saw that it was the highest we've ever been since they started recording them you know five or six seasons ago yeah something like 4.3 and i'm not a big um expected goals person because i care about goals in the back of the net um but it does have to be said that we are creating a lot more high quality chances uh than the past years and that's impressive.
2: okay excellent craig over to you just your analysis of the second half and while we're talking about this and uh I'm just going to ask you, anyways. You know, you're back at Craven Cottage. What did you make of the atmosphere? And I haven't had a chance to ask you your thoughts on, on the new stand sure. coming together. What, what are your thoughts about that? Um, the new
3: stand looks brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. It's huge. It's enormous. The one downside is I, when I was walking down Gresswell Street, you seeing, you know, it used to be you'd only see the the facade of the um, of the Johnny Haynes stand. Instead, now you see behind yeah. the facade this enormous structure and there was i'll I'll admit there was a little bit of disappointment because you know we're no longer the little club that could (laughs) um you know we've got this big hulking stand behind it so it did take away some of the intimacy of walking down finley street or walking down gresswell street to the cottage but overall it looks great um it'll be a fantastic i I think it'll be a fantastic community amenity uh and i can't wait to go in and check out um and check it out myself. As for the atmosphere, uh, again, I wasn't sitting where, I mean, normally I would be in the Hammersmith end, and the last few seasons I've been way up, so I've been in road QQ, so where we effectively stand, yeah. and you get a lot of noise. Being in the in the Putney end, the noise I heard were mostly from Stoke supporters, who at first were fairly vocal, and then they kind of quieted down mm-hmm. once they went behind one nil <laughs> with the you know, the, a little bit of banter, a little bit of abuse, which is always enjoyable in that environment. <laughs> um, but uh, it was a slightly uh, tepid atmosphere, at least at the okay. at, at the at the Putney end. But maybe that's just the way I
2: roll. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How about you, Amelia? What What are your thoughts about the atmosphere? And you know, and feel free to share your thoughts on uh, just a, your analysis of the second half. But. What did you make of it? And you know, thoughts on what, what Craig just shared about the new stand, and and uh, you know, and again, I, I'm glad that there's a new stand, but it just
0: that was interesting from Craig. Yeah, two of the things that sort of I've lost now because of the new stand is obviously where I sit. I sit in the Johnny Haynes stand facing the river. I've lost my view on the right hand side of the River Thames. You know, so that nice you get sometimes you get nice sunsets and some nice skies around there, and also when the, the sun is quite low in the winter time. The sun hangs out above the Stevenage Road, uh, you know the other, you know the Riverside Stand, and and, and blocks my eyesight. So I've got, those are two sort of the observations for the last forty years. I'm going to miss now because of the new stand, but overall, it will be impressive once it's full. Um, you know, I thought, I thought, you know, sitting close to the the Hammersmith End fans, you know, just everyone's, you know, very buoyant, very positive, very yeah. arrogant. There's a just the a, yeah, a sense of arrogance in the crowd. You know, they're yeah. the top <laughs> of the league. You know. What have we got to complain about? Let's enjoy it while we can, you know. Hopefully we'll stay there for the rest of the season. But you know, if we're not, then let's make the most of it. Enjoy enjoy the moment because we've not had a lot to shout about in the last you know last season or so. So it's uh, it's nice to to win games and win dominantly. I was saying to the guys, when's the last time we won by three goal margin under Scott Parker? There's a question for all of you now.
2: Oh, I don't know. Uh are we going all the way
0: back to the millwall match? That's probably 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 would have been the middle game, but again, or the
4: or the Redding away. Or, or the, the running away. How that's often right. you see that. Yeah, very rare. rare. Well, yeah. Yeah. And totally it, it feels like it's like the 3-0, we're kind of like, yeah, we've won for 3-0. Like we're not <laughs> yeah, even like that <laughs> delighted. The the disappointment was or 6. We're yeah, disappointed we, we
2: that it's 3-0. Yeah. It's
0: so yeah. odd. How yeah, crazy is true. that? We're disappointed that it's 3-0. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy, that's isn't it? It is. Again, so going back to the point around the fans being very yep. positive, arrogant, confident, all those positive adjectives, you know, to be honest. Oh, I mean, we have every right to be, be positive and, let, and let's enjoy the moment. We don't, we exactly, Amelia. You know? For- we are starting to play like an, a team of arrogance. Like uh, there's an era of arrogance that we had under John Tigana 20 years ago. And That's amazing
2: that, that we're making that comparison.
0: Yeah. yeah exactly so it's let's enjoy it while we can you know it's it's a you know we've got we have a right to be satisfied as well we don't always have good moments exactly robin let's let's milk it exactly, <laughs> exactly.
3: yeah i mean what's great about taking us you know the taking season it was before max was even born
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, no 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 i was alive but i was not my memory <laughs> was not kicking in <laughs> okay guys Good stuff.
2: One other note I want to mention, and I'm glad uh this person mentioned this. I've not mentioned the return of Harrison Reed. I, I think this is huge. Craig, I want to get your thoughts about Harrison Reed returning. And I'm just gonna read this. Was just so glad to see Harrison Reed come back and saw it in like a jigsaw piece. Totally agree with that. Your thoughts on his return.
3: Um, when did he come back? He came I mean he he came in for uh, he came in for Carvalho, right? Yeah, yeah. He was the second yes. sub. Look, by then the game was 3 nil, so it's hard to judge his performance. Right. I've always thought he's, he's quite a quality player, very good technically. Um, and it is good to see him back after a period of, of injuries. Hard to really judge on the basis of this performance because sure. I think we were effectively uh, running out the game and he came in. Yeah. I don't know, mm. 10 minutes before the end or so. Yeah. Um, I think the bigger but, point is that he's
2: now part of the mix.
3: Mm. No, I look, and we're going to need that depth because we're going to have more injuries over the course of the season. I mean, you know, we talk about these players as if they're going to be available all season. But Kenny, you know, we've already seen with Ted that he's, you know, he's a hamstring injury at least out six weeks, maybe longer. Yep. Um, and we are, and, and, and some of these other players have been injured in the past. So we are going to need to have that depth in the team. Uh, so it is important that uh, that people like Harrison Reed are, are healthy again. Um, you know, he was a crucial part of our of our promotion season. Uh, right. Season the question back. is, where do you put
0: him? That's just, a, that's just a well, question. the
3: question is where you put him. But you know, yeah. if, if if you know Onomos had injury problems, yeah, yeah. Um, seri has been hmm. there and not there. He's been, I think, inconsistent. I I, I don't. I wouldn't worry too much about finding. The space for Harrison Reed over the course of the season. He may not be a consistent star. It's a good problem to have Emilio. Yeah,
0: it is. It is. It's a nice dilemma because again at the moment, you know exactly. Like I said, we haven't talked about Tom Kearney tonight, but clearly I you was at, you read my mind. I was he just gonna bring up. this up yeah. and but we need, need plays to be fit. We need all our players to true. be fit. Well, he, he's got
4: engaged, so congrats to him on a personal level. Okay, well, yeah, well, you that? well congratulations, you know.
2: And again, listen, I, I'm a Tom Kearney fan. Mm -hmm. And I would like to see him play for Fulham again. I really would, Max. But Fulham, I can say that they can play without him now, where I think in seasons past they've really missed Kearney. I think that they could use him, but I think the way the team is structured, it's a real team. I think they could deal without having him back, but it would be nice to have Tom Kearney back. I think you would agree with me on that.
4: Yeah. He can actually take a decent penalty. Uh, so maybe we sell them on for, for pens uh, at the end of the match. <laughs>
2: okay, good stuff, guys. All right, let's finish up with Man of the Match. And if you're watching live, and I do want to mention this because uh, there was a Goldman to begin the show. I actually screwed up the uh, the live feed on the Cottage Talk Twitter page. It didn't start until 10 minutes in. Yes, that's on me. That is a classic Goldman. So sorry to everyone that ca- kind of came in 10 minutes in. That's on me. But I'll go to you, Craig. Who's your man of the match? Uh,
3: I'm going to say Decker Dover-Reed um, because I do think the work along that left side is where we got all three of our goals. And, um, and he was really a key part of, of stretching the, uh, the defense, uh, the, the Stoke defense, and, and forcing them out of position
2: and creating those opportunities. Okay, Bobby Decker-Dover-Reed for Craig. Max,
4: how about you? I'm going to go Harry Wilson. I thought he was excellent, got the score started, and I love the effort just to lay his body on the line for Mitro's goal, and that hurt, hitting the post at full speed. He's been a lot more of a team player than I thought he would be when we signed him, and he looks like he'll be a really great Fulham favorite for years to come. Okay. Before I go to you, Millie, I'm, I'm just going to share some
2: man of the match from the Fulham supporters, and it's all over the place, so I'm I'm, I'm just going to read from our friend Roger in spite of his... Penn missed my vote for Mitro. Here's another one. Mitro for Man of the Match. Let's see. Here's, a, here's another one from Darkwing009. Honestly, they were all good, but Reem commands that defense, wins every header, and distributes the ball forward. Robin Pendrell says Reem. So we actually have a, we have a decent amount of the saying Reem, Mitro, and let's see, Chris Goodwin, Man of the Match, Harry Wilson, ex-Liverpool player. So... Over to you, Emilo, your thoughts. Who was your man of the match?
0: I'm going to give it to Mitro, but um, look, let's look. Before I talk about Mitrovic, you know, Onoma, I'm not his biggest fan, but I thought he was outstanding. Wait, great. Way, he was outstanding. Second half in particular, he was dominant. He's, and basically, Marco Silva's getting the best out of him, you know, playing week in, week out. He's looking hungry. He's looking fit, energetic, likes to go forward, and, and also playing his part defensively as well. So I'm going to call Josh Onoma around. I thought he yeah, was a really good match second player of the match. I thought Wilson done well. I don't think he does enough defensively for me. So if you want to look at the balance of play involved in the goals, but then I look at Mitrovic involved in all three goals. Okay. His work great defensively, as I called out earlier, was second to none. 2 nil up, 3-0 up. Mitrovic still trying to go going defensive to, to to protect his defence and trying to keep that clean sheet. I didn't see Wilson do enough of that defensively. A bit sometimes a bit too casual for me at times defensively. And that's been a criticism... From Liverpool fans, that he's yep. good going forward, will get a lot of goals. But will he go back and work hard defensively? That's just just a slight slight concern from my part. But for me, Mitrovic, you know, first goal sublime touch to Wilson. Second goal should have done better, but the way he cut in and had the confidence to do that, great tap to the third goal, and the fact he had the confidence to take the penalty, even yep. though he's maybe obviously he's got a poor record of penalties. I know maybe we're three 0 up. Maybe that's the reason why, but clearly we need to address that. That's a, that's a concern we need to address to, who's going to be our, our resident pay, penalty taker this season. But the fact that he still had the confidence to pick that ball up and take it, that's, that shows Mitrovic is getting back to the best that we want to see him you know, in this division. So great. Thanks for signing the contract extension yep. and more of that week in, week out, please. But for me, Mitrovic was my man of the match.
2: Okay. Back over to you, Craig. Uh, Dennis here. Now, I'm glad that Steve Reynolds has mentioned Dennis because. Yeah. So someone had to play right back and uh, he stepped up and I don't think foam really missed the beat too much with, with, uh, with Dennis Hadley started last season, but kept fit and showed he is a hundred percent foam underrated. I'm glad that Steve mentioned this yeah. because he's a pro and he loves foam or he would have left by now. Your thoughts about Dennis, a doi, a whatever you want to call him. Your, your thoughts. Or
3: Steve, I see Steve rounds the spelled with Dennis Odio oh. in Oh, <laughs> Um, look, I, I, I think what was quite... The one moment that really struck home for me was when I think it was Smith for Stoke crossed the ball in for, I think it was Surridge. Yeah. very tall center forward mm-hmm. for, um, for Stoke City. And Odois outleaped him and managed to clear the ball. Yep. Even though he is much, much shorter. And it just shows the incredible athleticism uh, as well as skill that he has. And, you know, who can forget the goal he scored in the second leg of the playoff game uh, versus Derby County at Graven yeah. Cottage in 2018? I sure won't, and I'm sure none of you yeah. will either. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he had, a, he had an excellent game. He is fantastic on the ball. He is very versatile. Um and really, um, you know, he defends actually quite well. There were a couple of moments, I would say a couple of the half chances from Stoke City did come from that side. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say they were particularly good chances. One shot went right between uh, Odois' legs, but it was fairly easily saved by Gazzaniga. Um But, you know, I I do think overall it was good to see him back. We probably do need, if Tete remains uh, injured for a lengthy period. We need another right back. I do think we're going to need to buy a right back.
2: I totally agree. Totally agree there. Or borrow one. (laughs) Or borrow one. That's a very good point. Okay. Great show, guys. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, I do want to mention that uh, and uh, Emilio, you'll be a part of this. And uh, Max has indicated he'll be a part of this as well. And Craig, I don't know if you're around. You can be a part of this as well. Thursday, 8 p.m. UK time. Our 10-year anniversary show. Oh. We're gonna have. I'm gonna have a bunch of co-hosts join us. I don't. I'm not sure how we're going to do this. How many can be on at one time? I'm gonna try to figure this out over the next couple of days. But I'm bringing back some familiar voices and one who cannot wait to get on the show. All I'm gonna say to anyone that is watched or listened to Cottage talk over the years. He makes fun of me for saying Norwich and that should just be it. Anyone that knows when I used to say that it's Norwich, he would just make all kinds of comments about that. He'll be joining us. If you don't know who it is, you're going to find out on Thursday. Anyways, great show guys, but we do need to wrap this up for Craig Coben, Emilio Donnell. And Max Cohen. I'm Russ Cohen. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in.